You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wyatt, Terry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Chris Haughty back on the show with me today. Um, You remember him from uh, the early part of 2020. I think he was one of the first shows of 2020 that we released, and we talked about his amazing debut novel, Deep State. And uh, Chris has joined us today to uh, talk about his follow-up. Savage Road, which is uh, the second book in the Haley Chill thriller series. And I'll tell you what, Chris, um, I didn't think you could top Deep State. It it had such whiplash uh, twists and turns, but you've done it. Uh, Savage Road is an amazing follow up. And uh, thanks for joining me again today. Hey, Hank, thanks very much for having me. And, and uh, thanks for the kind words. I'm really super psyched that you have enjoyed the book and uh, that I did, uh, hopefully uh, more people will agree, avoided the dreaded sophomore slump. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Chris, we, you know, and I'm, I'm going to put links to our uh, conversation we had last year uh, in the show notes so people can catch up if they didn't catch that. Um, but, you know, you told us this great story of, you know, having this great career uh, in screenwriting and the transition from screenwriting to novel writing, um, you know, you, you've had a year to sit with this and to kind of see how that initial book launch went and, you know, go from a debut author who uh, who a lot of people were unfamiliar with, even though a lot of us had probably seen your work and didn't know we were doing it um, to now the the sophomore effort and releasing a book as an established writer. Um, how How is this book launch feeling to you as compared to last year? Um, well, you did just kind of touch very briefly on one of the reasons why I'm uh, enjoying uh, this new career as a book author in uh, some contrast to my uh, much longer career as a Screenwriter, but when you mentioned the fact that you may have been seeing my work and not even realize it, <laughs> realize it, writer. <laughs> so we can talk about that later, perhaps. But um, uh, well, you know, um, this uh, book launch uh, is in some ways easier. Uh, <clears throat> it's a little different by virtue of you know having done it before. Excuse me. And um, uh, but also harder because of, you know, the the world that uh, this book is uh, coming out into Um, last year when when Deep State came out, which was the same week of January, first week in January, January 7th, I believe. um, um, You know, we were pre COVID, pre pandemic and. uh, I was looking forward to uh, some uh, book events in Georgia and Arizona, 
and local events here in California. And of course, today we find ourselves in a much different uh, and more homebound world. So, uh, you know, it's a it, that's a big question. Uh, I can I can say, you know, we all we all are very familiar with the 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 uh, uh, limitations and difficulties of of uh, uh, the COVID has imposed on all of us. So, speaking uh, in terms of sort of the the experience as an author with the second launch, um, you know, it, it's just great. I, I can't, uh, you know, you uh, it probably gets a little dull for me just to talk about how <laughs> excited and happy I am. But, you know, there you have it, <laughs> Hank. Um, you know, it's just so much fun to, um, you know, this time I was with the second book, um, you know, I knew there was going to be an audience for it. Uh, unlike the first book, which, you know, I had, it was my first book I'd ever written. I didn't know if I was going to sell it, didn't know if it was going to be published by a big or a large uh, or a small publisher. In this case, I, I had a very clear idea that, hey, there's going to be a lot of people out there who are, who are going to get to experience um, these words that I'm putting down uh, uh, on uh, in my computer. And um, so, you know, that's exciting for me. You know, some people have asked me, was what about the pressure of, you know, having to repeat yourself uh, after after a, a pretty satisfying debut? And, um, you know, frankly, I just uh, am tickled to have this uh, uh, opportunity uh, to have an audience and just not have a whole lot of interference from uh, agents or producers or directors or actors and all those uh, other collaborators that I uh, had no choice but to link arms with in the movie world. Um, so that's a long-winded answer to a, <laughs> to a relative <laughs> question, which is, um, it's, it's, really, it's really great uh, to come out with a second book and, and have an audience for it. So I'm having a good time. Well, you bring out a great uh, point that, you know, we talk a lot about the gift of anonymity. And when writing that first book, um, the the real gift is that no one's expecting it. So there's no there's no expectations. There's no pressure. There's no agent usually breathing down your neck or a publisher, uh, you know, editors, all of that stuff. It's just you and the story. And and that can be a beautiful thing. Um, but. And, you know, and some people struggle with that sophomore effort because they're then all of a sudden there are expectations there are people waiting for you. And and then, you know, how do you be creative while people are demanding product, you know, and and all of this weird stuff. But um, what we don't think about a lot of times is, like you said, the pressure of getting the book sold of, um, you know, making those first contacts and and establishing those relationships and publishing all that was done. You just needed to write the book and deliver it. Um, so that can be um, a welcome gift as well. It, it really is. Um, you know, I, I think I've been so conditioned uh, by uh, more than three decades in, in Hollywood for adversity and uh, having, um, you know, just low expectations of things working out. You know, it's just there's so much disappointment and delay in Hollywood. And I, and I don't care who you are. I mean, you can speak to the, the biggest 
uh, biggest uh, 800 pound gorillas in uh, in Hollywood, and they, um, uh, they, you know, they experienced the same uh, disappointment and delays that uh, even a middle class writer such as myself would. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a real luxury. I, I I'm I'm extremely grateful to have uh, just kind of found myself in this situation, you know, and, right. and to my editor and publishers and agents and, and all of them to, you know, just to, to help put me in this position. So it's a, it's a real blessing. I'm very, very grateful. You know, one of the challenges uh, to writing a, a book or books like you have that are politically charged and um, you know, deal with uh, topics that seem to be ripped from the headlines, e- even if they're not. They they kind of they resonate that way. Um, is that um, you know, truth can be a crazy funny thing, and you know, the the best laid plans of fiction writers sometimes wind up on the front page, you know, of of the papers in in ways that we never uh, anticipated. Um, how do you approach? you know, dealing with topics, um, that, that are timely and, you know, really cut to the quick, um, while also navigating a real world where sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, obviously I'm taking headlines and, and, uh, I don't know if I rip them so much as massage them, you know, (laughs) massaging, uh, uh, you know, current events. And, uh, you know, I think it's fun. Uh, there's, uh, for, for me as a writer and, and hopefully as a reader to, um, to see things, um, if, if my readers see things, uh, in the books that immediately recall something that, uh, happened in the news a year, two, three years ago, and they, maybe they, you know, maybe they have better retention than I do, but, um, you know, it just provides a little spark, I think, um, and a little bit of fuel to to power the narrative. So I don't I don't really worry too much about you know current events uh, uh, making the the things I write moot uh, or contradicting them. Uh, you know, I learned a long time ago, uh, especially working in Hollywood, not to worry about the things that I can't control. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I can't control what's going to happen. Uh, and I think if you write a, a, a an entertaining, uh, you know, action-packed, uh, twisty thriller, like I like to write, um, you know, it just doesn't make any difference because, you know, you've got your, you've got, you've captured the attention of your, of your reader and you, you're going to hold them regardless of what's happening, uh, you know, on CNN or Fox News or anything. Um, I had one more point to make and I've spaced it out, but um, uh, uh, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. So Haley Chill uh, returns. For book two, after finishing with that amazing ending, uh, and and we still won't spoil exactly what happens at the end of last uh, the last book because I'm sure there's going to be new readers that come in and want to get caught up with that. But you know, when you found yourself sitting there with the blank computer screen with book two, what were some of the uh, what were some of the hurdles that that you had to 
uh, jump over to get into a new story? Well, I, I had, uh, I had originally conceived, uh, at least by the time that I finished deep state, I had, I had, I, I had even before the publisher purchased the book, they asked me what book two was about. And so, um, I had to come up with something fast and, you know, just came up with a really just a, a, an area. Um, I think it's safe to say um, that, uh, you know, no spoiler in saying that uh, Savage Road um, uh, explores as a as a narrative theme, uh, cyber warfare. And, um, you know, uh, that's that's the that's the macro uh, aspect of the book. Uh, on a more micro level, you know, there are, there are issues and, and narrative threads in Haley's life uh, and backstory that I wanted to explore and immediately saw the possibility of exploring that over three books. Um, so even though each book is a standalone, we're following this, you know, um, you know, in the TV world, they call it the big bad. Uh, so I don't know what the version would be in, in books, but it's sort of, you know, this this continuing uh, exploration on Haley's part um, uh, on a personal level over three books. And so with at least having, you know, kind of like that macro idea of, OK, well, there's a lot going on right now in cyber warfare. We're just seeing it, you know, in current headlines in the last few weeks. Uh, with the the with the Russian state's uh, purported uh, uh, um, attack on on U.S. government agencies networks, um, there's plenty of of uh, story possibilities in, in that issue. Um, so it's not difficult to build a story around that, uh, and then already have this pre-existing idea for. Uh, a narrative on the personal level, I find it very easy to. Uh, I, I don't. I don't suffer the uh, the uh, the curse of the blinking cursor. You know, I'm pretty ready to write. Uh, right from you know, you you sit me down in front of a computer and and it's it's happening. <laughs> so I'm I'm lucky in that way as well. Uh, and just you know. Not if I was writing uh, literary fiction as opposed to commercial fiction, I think that would be, you know, that's tricky. That's a that's a different thing. Um, Having a a franchise character uh, like this just makes that process of of starting a new book uh, much, much easier. Well, um, some of the topics uh, and and some of the the. the the plot um that gets the story going um we've seen you know tom clancy was was dealing with uh some of these issues years ago and and you know god rest his soul we lost him too soon um but you know in when he would deal with with cyber um attacks and things like that there was always a a standing army behind that and and there was there was this this interesting world where the the cyber attacks would then lead to other things and now we're seeing that that you know entire warfare can be made on in the in the cyber space 
um, when when you're looking at um, you know how to believably um, bring about um, you know the, the things that happen in the plot, the the tech behind it. Um, what are some of the things that you lean on to uh, to make it so believable? Well, um, you know, I think if it's if you get bogged down too much in the technical aspects uh, uh, of something like that, um, I don't think you're going to engage uh, the reader uh, in in a way that will keep them turning the pages. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think it comes uh, again, it comes from some of my, uh, work experience as a screenwriter. Um, I think, you know, for me as a reader, I write books that I would like to read. Um, yeah. and then hopefully, you know, I, I, I find some, some common ground with many other readers. Um, so I, I, you know, I researched, uh, Savage Road uh more than I did deep state uh because of the technical aspects of of cyber warfare but it wasn't so much for like you know exactly how network engineers protect systems i don't think anyone can get through a full page of that if you <laughs> were really, you know getting the authentic detail of those systems frankly it doesn't even look like english there, there are so many acronyms and and uh, just unrecognizable uh nomenclature that uh, um it just wouldn't be readable so you know it's it's it was for me the the cyber warfare was more interesting in in what the those issues are uh for instance one of the things and i and i learned a lot in the in the research of uh, for this book, but you know, for instance, what with, with the recent Russian attack, um, uh, assuming it was Russia, which most of our security agencies suggest it was, um, you know, that's it. People don't know what to call it in terms of is it an act of war or uh, is it uh, merely a malicious actor uh you know so it's in that gray area it exists in a gray area that that a kind of warfare that didn't exist uh 100 years ago or even 60 years ago where we knew when we were being attacked um in this case um you're not quite sure what to call it even even know exactly who did it but usually they have a, a, a they can determine a, a, get a pretty good idea of that so you know how do you respond to that? So, so uh, um, it puts a, it puts political leaders in a difficult bind. But it also, on the other hand, maybe that's better because you know it's like uh, no one died uh, in these attacks. Uh, what was really lost, except information, or is information weaponized? I mean, these are all just kind of cool ideas that that uh for me provide a lot of uh narrative potential and and dilemmas for my for my characters to to face not so much how is it done how is the attack made so you know i give 
I try to put in as much detail, uh, authentic detail, to lend the sense of that authenticity, uh, and then for me, get get into the fun, juicy parts, uh, which is drama and conflict and and the issues more than the than the than the technical detail. Chris, how did you find that your writing process uh, changed or evolved or matured from writing Deep State uh, to writing Savage Road? Uh, we talked last time about, you know, that, that you had only written screenplays uh, prior to that and, you know, that the 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 words literally look different on the page. Um, you know, you're going from margin to margin instead yeah. of, you know, everything floating in the middle like like we see in, in screenplays a lot. Um, but, you know, other than than that, um, how do you feel like you've changed as a writer from book one to book two? Probably, you know, writing with with more confidence, uh, you know, certainly uh, selling the book and, and getting the re- kind of response that I got to Deep State, having the, the New York Times book review editors uh, 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 selected as one of their uh, editors choice books. Um, I think that was in March. Uh, recently, Apple Books uh, selected Deep State as um, uh, a uh, book of the year, about 15 books, both fiction and nonfiction. They selected Deep State. So, you know, that kind of response, plus the response from, from readers around the world, um, had has given me a lot of confidence. Uh, it's not that I um, didn't have confidence. As a uh, writing the first book, um, but uh, you know, I don't. I think you. I just think to get to the end, you have to have some level of confidence. Um, but you know, that just made it kind of freed me up to sort of keep exploring uh, uh, my abilities. So it's not written exactly the same way. Uh, you will see a lot of stuff that uh, a, a lot of elements that uh, I just tried uh, with the first book, really, because I didn't know any better. Uh, I just thought it would be cool. And, you know, uh, for instance, in, in, in uh, Deep State, um, with uh, characters, um, lesser characters, or not so less characters, uh, as they're, you know, leaving the stage when 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 I get to the point in the story where um, they're no longer going to appear, they have no more active role in the in the narrative. I I, I tell the reader uh, what happens to that person, potentially all for years ahead uh, to their death, um, because that interests me, you know, uh, and I and and. I would say, well, easily the majority of the uh, of readers loved it. Some people hated it, but most people <laughs> enjoyed it. So I continue that uh, um, in book two, and then you know try a, a few n- new ideas or just new ways of of putting down the words um, to uh, see how that goes. So I would say. Um, what was different was just writing with a little, little bit more muscle, maybe, and 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 confidence um, that I knew what the hell I was doing. 
when, um, you you are no um, stranger to developing great characters. Um, you you've done that for years with your screenwriting. Um, what is it about Haley Chill that makes for a great protagonist? Well, um, well, that's a good question. Uh, why is she a great protagonist? Um, she is. Um, well, I think she's immediately sympathetic um, and gains our rooting interest um, by uh, being both an underdog and overachieving at the same time, if that's possible. Um, she's an underdog by virtue of her gender and where she comes from. Uh, both, you know, two elements that are are usually or typically or culturally, um, you know, underestimated. Uh, and uh, um, I think, um, what else makes her a great character? Um, you know, she's just, uh, I think she's uh, exciting and fun to be around. She, she, um, has a wry sense of humor, which I think is necessary as some form of humor is necessary for a character that you want to spend uh, a very long time with. Um, she's has flaws. She's not perfect. Uh, you know, a few uh, reader reviews mentioned something about her uh, Haley being too much of a, like almost like a superhero. And it's, it's odd when I when I see that because I don't con I didn't conceive of her like that at all. I think I you know my over overriding desire in creating her character and making the choices I did first by making her a woman uh, was to to eliminate that sense of uh, omnipotent power uh, and invincibility. So she is relentless. Um, and she takes a beating, <laughs> but uh, she is certainly human. And I think uh, in that way, you know, she, I hope my, my aim, my ambition is that that's what makes her uh, great, quote unquote, great uh, for a reader to experience from book to book, because uh, as you get to know her in book one and then get to know her more in book two and and uh, even deeper in book three and on out, um, you will, a reader will appreciate uh, Haley Chill as a, not only as a living and, and breathing human being, but someone who's growing. You know, she's not, she's not finished. Um, and she's young. Uh, she's in, in, in deep state. She's 25 years old. In, uh, in Savage Road, she's just a year older. So, um, you know, that, that I have uh, two sons. Uh, they're 20-something and 30-something. So, um, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, th those guys are, are changing by the year, uh, and, and that's fun to watch. Um, and so similarly with Haley Chill, um, you know, we're just getting started. Chris, um, 
you know, we, we spoke for a minute before we started recording about the, the year that has uh, been 2020. And when we spoke last time, it was just before we knew all of the crazy stuff that was going to happen. And now talking on the other side of that, it's so weird to, to look back on this year. Um, do you foresee um, a global pandemic working its way into your stories anytime in the near future? Oh, it did. <laughs> um, well, obviously, I've been busy all year. Um, um, and you, I guess I'm fortunate if that's the word that I can use uh, in the sense that he, my daily life has not changed all that much from right. uh, 2020. to, And I'm sure you've heard that from many other authors, oh, yeah. all of them. Um, so writers are, are a less impacted lot. I mean, so I've, I've read uh, uh, some writers say that they found it very difficult to focus on their work this year. That was not the case for me. So I've been uh, spending most of 2020, almost all of the pandemic, writing book three of, of this series. And and obviously, I had already started uh, researching it and developing the story. I outlined like crazy um, before I start writing, uh, and I think I had gotten um, I had gotten into the book. I'd conceived of it, and I can't go into any details about exact specifics about what I was writing. But um, it, the pandemic impacted it not in a crucial way, but. Definitely in setting, in sort of in the locale and setting. So I was able to just pivot and and it and it and it uh, you know I made it work uh, again. It's like I can't control these things, um, and uh, it's not it, it's not um, the pandemic uh, in book three is not. Um, I, I could have not written it into the story, but again, like I said, I think um, by the time uh, the book is in readers' hands, I think, uh, knock on wood, uh, thank you, uh, pharmaceuticals, big pharma, <laughs> pandemic will be in our rearview mirror. But it'll be it'll be interesting for a reader to be just to encounter it you know, in the book and the narrative and setting the scene and, and, and impacting characters in a, uh, you know, not a consequential way, but certainly incidentally. So, um, that's, that's what happened with the pandemic and my fictional work. Well, I can't see, I can't wait to see what you do with it. Uh, if you love deep state, you're going to love Savage Road. Um, there's a link to it in the show notes of this episode where you can Go out and grab it. It's been available for a couple of days now, so your bookstore should have it in stock. Or grab it, uh, you know, in Kindle edition. Uh, Chris, is there going to be an audiobook uh, available soon? Yes, absolutely. Great. Um, yeah, it should be. It, it's available. Great, and uh, we'll put links there as well. Uh, Savage Road, a Haley Chill Thriller book two, is available everywhere now. Uh, we've got links to it, Chris. Uh, where can people find you online if they want to dig into all the great stuff you're doing? Well, I, I have a website, and uh, interestingly enough, it's at uh, chrishottie.com. Uh, uh, that's uh, the uh, good fortune of having an unusual last name. <laughs> uh, 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 com. 
and I'm on all the social medias uh, using uh, the same, generally the same, the same uh, name: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, not LinkedIn. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link up all those places in the show notes to make it easy for folks to find you, Chris. Um, always a pleasure to catch up and to chat. Um, I love Savage Road. We're going to send everyone to pick up a copy. Thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, thank you, Hank. Both Barrels Publishing is the brainchild of successful indie author James P. Sumner. He has self-published over 15 titles in the last five years and has over 800,000 downloads so far in his career, meaning he has a wealth of knowledge and experience to share with the indie publishing community. Knowing the struggles of the modern-day indie author as well as he does, he wanted to create a platform that would allow writers of any level to learn the ropes, navigate the pitfalls, and produce a professional novel without wasting time or money in the process. Both Barrels Publishing is the perfect one-stop shop for any indie author, combining James's expertise with his own team of editors and designers so you can help your novel realize its full potential and learn how to publish yourself. The purpose of Both Barrels Publishing is to help indie authors get their novels ready for publication without all the stress, hassle, and unnecessary expense. We want to make your lives easier, which is why we're giving you access to a top-notch team to publish your novels, along with a generous discount on their services. You can also work one-on-one with James to learn the intricacies of self-publishing. No hidden cost, no false promises. We simply want you to publish the best version of your novel. BothBarrelsPublishing.com